Hi, this is Paige, and you're listening to Paper Cuts on Clock Tower Radio. You are listening to Paper Cuts on Clock Tower Radio. I'm your host, Christopher Cardambicus, and I am sitting here with Paige Hansard and Justine Kelly in the Fishtown neighborhood of Philadelphia at the Fishtown Tavern, drinking mimosas and Bloody Marys. I am, yeah, cheers, guys. <laughs> cheers. Cheers to Zines. Um, very excited to be talking with you two uh, and just to get to know the Philadelphia zine scene a little bit more as a visitor. Um, can you tell us? A little bit about what your zines are individually. Like, what's the elevator pitch of the project that you're working on? Oh, man. Right now I'm kind of in a weird creative block. Um, But I think I know what I'm working on. I think with, like... I'm not a hugely political person, but recently I kind of have become with the um, insanely embarrassing election that we have right now and all of the crazy things that are going on. And it's like sort of making me want to make a zine that's like subtly about that. Um, also, like a very interesting environment for you because you're in Philadelphia where the Democratic National Convention actually was right. just like a short time ago. Pretty insane. Um, I mean, I wasn't super involved with that, but a lot of, like, the things that came with that and just, like, I think the general outpour of, like, people being way more involved than I... I feel like young people are just way more involved in politics right now in this way that I think is good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, There's a lot of brand new voters. Yeah. Well, it's just become, like, obviously important to vote, I feel, um, whereas I didn't feel that way before. So I just kind of, like, feel this strange duty to make art about it. Um, so right now, I don't even really know how this correlates. But, uh, but still brainstorming. Yeah, I'm still, like, something's cooking. But, like, I think I'm, I'm really inspired by really bad design or, like, things that are supposed to be artful that, like, aren't. But to me, they are, for example... Um, I've been hanging out in South Philly a lot more often, and and maybe this is just, like, a Philly thing overall, but there's, like, all of these, like, sun-damaged, like, if you walk by, like, a barber shop or, like, a hair salon or, like, a nail, a nail salon or whatever, like, there's all these, like, sun-damaged, like, really dated promo pictures for, like, food or and for, like, a haircut. Gone, right? Yeah, it's just, like, yeah. completely, like, blue and, like like brown and yellow but there's like something so great about it and like maybe I'm crazy but I find this like to me it's like this representation of like everything's getting so gentrified and I kind of hate talking about gentrification because it's obvious but there's just something about that detail of like these establishments that still keep up these like sun damaged things that cannot be bringing in new business at all but I feel like it brings this like layer of culture that I really like and I think I want to do a zine that's just focused on that it's kind of a nice immediate reminder of a history of a place right yeah yeah it's like they 
It's like they kind of like don't care about like the new trendy, cool designed bar that's across the street. You know, yeah. like they're just we've been this hair salon, we've been this Chinese restaurant forever and our orange chicken looks blue and brown now and you can't even really tell what it is the the thing that you posted with the strawberry chicken yeah like yeah like these disgusting looking like nothing enticing but like it's it's somehow inherently so enticing because it's it's like they just don't care they've like had their thing for like decades and they're just continuing to do the same thing right and it works it does, and it works. It's like your corner store or whatever, and it's still there. And I think that there's something really important about that. And I don't know how I correlate that to politics or, like, culture, but I do. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, that's, I think that's where I'm going with my next scene. And would this be a project of Mustard, or would it be a different umbrella? I think it would be me, Mustard. It would still be, it would still be a part of Mustard. There would still be a little bit of of humor within, I think. Yeah. So to, to get this on the record, uh, Paige is working on a zine project <laughs> called Mustard, which we did not mention up until now, oh, yeah. uh, five minutes into the interview. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, but Paige, where can people find Mustard? Like, there's a website, and it is spelled... Um, it's Mustard with four R's. So that's R-R-R-R. Um, <laughs> and you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Big Cartel, so it's just, like, mustard.bigcartel.com. Um, I'm on the internet. So, I'm, <laughs> so on I'm on the social media platforms. <laughs> like, I'm accessible. Your website works. Slide into the DM. Actual work by Paige Hansard. Yes, actual work by pagehansard.xyz is my professional design portfolio website, which can also link you to things that you can purchase from me. Buy, <laughs> buy her Plug. shit. Buy my Give shit. Give her money. Also buy Justine's stuff. Buy my shit, too. She <laughs> had a show yesterday that was lovely. Thank a lovely you. opening, yeah. I was super happy with it. Um, my friend Abby just kind of asked me to participate because I guess someone dropped out. Was it you? Um, it wasn't me, but I told, I told her to oh, ask yeah. you. I was like, Justine. That's, thank you for You're doing welcome. that because it was a really good time. Was, was this a, a group show or is it a it solo show? It was a solo work? show. It was, was just it was my first actual solo show. Like I've shown in like, I showed it a pizza shop like three years ago, but I don't consider that an opening because it was at a pizza shop. And I mean, this one was at a barber shop, like a hair salon. So I don't know. Like, I feel like I always show in really unconventional spaces. Like I've shown in a bowling alley, pizza shop, two hair salons. That's cool. I've never shown yeah. in an actual gallery like solo. I'm always way more interested in these like strange crossover spaces or alternative spaces, non-traditional gallery spaces, because that's when it can open up a little bit more to a larger community rather than this weird, stuffy art world shit that is kind of boring. Yeah, I mean, I haven't shown my work in probably, like, two years or something um, because I don't, I'm not really, like, I don't consider myself part of the art world in Philly. Um, I consider myself more design slash illustration. Okay. I just, I, I don't know. I feel like my... Like, my style of work is separate from, like, all of the contemporary art going on right now. I just find... I find it, like you said, like, stuffy, um, inaccessible. So the work that you have on display, I just saw a few photos that 
Paige was showing me before you walked into the bar, it seemed like it was a lot of silkscreen. And yeah. all right, so tell us a little bit about your your process. Paint this picture for our viewers who cannot actually see everything as we're talking. Yeah, um, a lot of my work, I'm kind of bad at talking about my work um, because when I talk about it, it sounds kind of lame. Like it's colorful. I use a lot of bright colors. Uh, it's vibrant. Very and it, it's exciting. It makes you happy. Aw, okay, thanks, Paige. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it makes you happy. Yeah. I'm glad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I use a lot of animal themes, plant themes. Um, it's kind of, like, the nature of printmaking is, like, always surprising because, like, you make, like, the, what's it called? The screen or the You make the or? screen, yeah, like, template. I'm trying to think of the word. The matrix. You, like, create the matrix, but you... And you have an idea in your head, like, how it's going to turn out, but then when you print it, it almost never looks like how you expect it, at least for me, because I'm not great at printing. Like, I don't have the technique down, which is why I like my work, because um, it's always kind of unpredictable. Like, happy accidents. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's also one of the nice things about print work and like process-based work is the element of surprise whenever you do pull that first print and it's like mm-hmm. oh that's what this yellow actually looks like yeah. up against this screen mm-hmm. or like it can also be really frustrating um which is why sometimes i get really overwhelmed by the process of making art because it's like this may this may suck this might be good half the time like i'm not happy with how it turns out um so but I've been recently, like, doing more digital stuff and, like, gaining more control over, like, my process, which has been interesting. Um. So, all right, so I want to get back to the digital aspect of the work and how you both work in graphic design, but I also wanted to ask you about your printmaking work and how that uh, flows into zine production, because you also do zines as well, correct? Yeah. Um, All of the zines I've made are screen-printed. Um, except for basic edition, I mean that's risograph, but like it's a similar process, like using layers, um, using transparencies. Um, so how large are the edition sizes for the silkscreen zines? Because that is a bit more time-consuming yeah. than hanging out with a Xerox machine or yeah. with a risograph. It's not economical in any way, and I like vowed to never do a screen-printed zine again because it's. Well, I'm happy I have the ones I have. <laughs> yeah. You're totally not going to keep that vow. <laughs> No, I mean, I love screen printing. It's totally fun, but, like, it's just, it's super money-consuming and super time-consuming. Every page is literally, like, um, an individual print, so, like, it's really frustrating to think about it that way, like, when you're pricing it, because it's, like, if I sold this as a print, it would be 20 bucks, but, like, there's, like, 12 pages here. I'm not going to sell it for, like, how much is that? Like, $140? Like, 20 times 12? I went to art school, not math school, yeah. so I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but you know what I you're mean, right. like. Yeah, no, the the price for these things can really yeah. jump up, and then you're crossing over into like artist book world, yeah. Which you can totally do, oh, and that's man. also really interesting. Oh yeah, it's very expensive. Like at the Philly Book Fair where we met, yeah. uh, there was a woman next to me who was selling her books. I mean, every page was was 
uh, screen printed. Really? I mean, and it was like maybe each book was like 70 to 100 pages. So a lot of time went into those. And people would come up and compliment her books. And she'd be like, oh, it's $350. And they'd be like, $3.50? That's crazy. And she's like, no, $350. And then like, it was crazy. Everyone was like, oh, okay. She had like one that was $700. And then like right at the end, I mean, I felt so bad. Because like her work was so good. But yeah, but like nobody was. But then right at the end on the last day someone bought, someone bought a $700 book so she like she sold one thing and like doubled That's everything amazing. yeah so I like high-fived her I was like yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. hell yeah yeah that is one of the the interesting things of the Philadelphia Art Book Fair from going there for for two years now mm-hmm. is that it, it's wait that was at the Philadelphia Art Book Fair yeah okay yeah and it's just such a, a weird mix of people who do more zine work where things can be anywhere from like 50 cents to five dollars right then this like fine artist book stuff where they are hundreds of dollars and i like how those delineations between the two don't really exist in that setup right even though it means your neighbor is like hoping to sell something for like 700 dollars and it might not necessarily be the exact audience for it right it gets frustrating when you're buying like when you're pricing things but you don't think anyone's gonna buy it and like you're, you're making things and it's just like, why am I making this? I'm not going to, like, get what I feel that I deserve. Right. Like, and then it kind of, like, makes it less fun yeah. when you're actually making it. Yeah. Um, so, Justine Page, why are you making this? Um, why are you doing this? <laughs> um, it's just my destiny. <laughs> <laughs> it's who I am. Um, uh, why do I do it? Um, I mean, I don't know what else I would do maybe like like that's just like what I naturally am inclined to do is to like yeah. make I feel like I don't have a lot of skills um, but what I do have is like I have an imagination and I have creativity and I feel like an idiot if I didn't like use it and like kind of like exercise that muscle so yeah I don't know I think like I'm always my brain's always going like just always and so I I just feel like I have to make it. I have to, like, make yeah. scenes. And, like, that's the way... I guess it's the way my creative mind works or whatever is, like, a tangible thing. I like books. I, I like magazines. Like, I've been obsessed with magazines and, like, Archie comics and stuff like that since I was, like, so little. So I think just that's the way my mind works is, like, in a booklet Tactile. form. Yeah. Yeah. Justine, what brought you into printmaking? What brought me into printmaking? Um, so I went to art school. Um, when it came time to decide my major, I was taking a bunch of different classes just to figure out what I wanted to do. Uh, I could never get the hang of painting because I felt like you had too much control over what you were doing. Like, you mix the colors. Everything that your arm does, it comes out on the canvas. It's like, such yeah. a good point. Like, yeah. I've always had, like, I'm it's not like a perfectionist. Like, I'm, like, I will tell you, like, I'm absolutely, like, not a perfectionist. Like, maybe with, like, concept or something, like, I'm a perfectionist in, like, what it is I'm trying to say, but, like, I cannot get caught up in, like, technicalities. Yeah. Like, I'm way yeah. more, like, just... Which is really interesting, I mean, to me, because there's so many printmakers that are total perfectionists. Yeah. And, like, they're totally precise. They have the process down. Everything has to be perfect, but to me, the most interesting part of printmaking is, like, not being perfect. Yeah, I always look at printmaking as a really... Yeah, yeah. as an experimental yeah. process, where you don't necessarily know what the results are, but... Right. 
it you find out in the shop. Yeah, and that's so fun. I feel like that, like, in process, half the time I never know what it's going to be until it, it becomes, like, until I'm starting to work on it. It's like, whoa, like, look what I yeah. made. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. And then it just, like, sparks other things, too, I think. Like, oh, those yeah. happy mistakes are like, oh, well, like, if I can make that, then, like, I could probably make this, that, yeah. you know? <laughs> that yeah. one project begets the next. Yeah, and it just, like, grows from there. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to ask you guys about your, your day jobs and how that relates to your zine work and your print work, because um, you're both graphic designers, correct? I'm not a graphic designer. I'm hoping to be one. I'm taking graphic design classes, um, but I work at the art museum in public programs in education, which is kind of kind of relevant to like my like artist practice, but also not at all. Yeah. Um, Paige is a graphic designer. I I am a, I I am a graphic designer. <laughs> um, I I mean I guess I don't really like to have labels on things. Like I would say like you know Justine said that she's not a graphic designer, but I would like disagree. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. I feel like such a poser. No. Well, I mean I guess I feel like a, a, I yeah. It's like you do what you want to do, and you. I, I feel like I. I am a designer mm-hmm. in different ways, but I don't think I'm a graphic designer. I'm still learning how to think that way. Yeah, well, we all are, yeah. I guess. I mean, I definitely am. I guess it's like a way, okay, to answer your question about how my job or whatever influences my work. Um, I'm always learning, and I like my job, but I'm also learning that like the, my job um, doesn't define my work at all. Um, it's like a way for me to just, I don't, it's very rare that I go home and I'm like thinking about an, a project at work. You know, it's like, you know, we have these brand standards and I use my skills yeah. and it's like a way for me to like polish my skills. Yeah. Um, but I feel like it's such a cool thing that I can just polish my skills all day at work to then like use them in my personal work that I actually like am passionate about. Not that I'm not passionate about my job, but I'm a lot more passionate about my own personal work. Yeah, yeah. and so it's like this outlet that I have where it's like I get to learn for free, <laughs> yeah. you know, so like that's cool. Um, I also wanted to ask you guys about your jobs at the museum because that is a pretty interesting perspective to have in or to the art world. And I wanted to know like how you relate to the art world in Philly and how that differs from the like zine or DIY world here. And, again, like, you're talking to someone who knows nothing about the scene here in Philadelphia. Yeah. How does the art museum, working at the art museum, relate to the DIY world? Or how does, how does working at the museum uh, affect your perspective of the art world here? And um, part two is how does the art world relate to, like, the zine or DIY world? Man. The art world and the DIY world, I feel like, are completely separate because after working in the art museum for two years, it's, like, people talk about, like, oh, like, art, it's just so pure. Like, the idea of the starving artist and, like, just, like, slaving over your passion. But, like, it's totally, it's a completely shallow world, I feel like, just because of, like, the money aspect and, like, how institutions are funded by, like, the 1% or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, it becomes, um, it's like no hate on, I love fine art and like, 
I love the museum. Um, Maybe I'm just jaded. <laughs> but like, no, but no, but you you're making a, a great point because yeah, it it also becomes so much about money yeah. um, and so much about status and a lot about like donors. You know, it's nonprofit. Um, a lot of these, especially like the young artists, the young like living artists, which could be like 60 or 70 years old or whatever, you know, that are affiliated with the museum, it starts to really become like more political and like totally. money. Yeah. Um, where, whereas, so it's like with that, it almost like doesn't affect the DIY art world in Philly at all. Yeah. It's like so far removed. Um, it's almost like the people that are doing really cool shit. Um, that I would say Justine and I are affiliated with, we have to, like, almost tell them to come to the museum. It's, like, almost, like, not really a relevant thing, which I think is disappointing. I think, like... And I think the museum is trying to make moves to... Yeah. Like... I don't know how successful they are. (laughs) reaching out to, like, Steve Powers. Yeah. Well, But, like, also it's, like, a, a thing of branding. Like, they're trying to be more appealing to young people, but, like, the people who... I don't know. <laughs> it's an institution. Yeah. So and it's been here forever, you know? So it's like really tough, you know, you're working with with people with tons of money and donors that like are the older. They gets a lot of their money from corporations like Sugar House. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like Coca-Cola. I don't even know. If it's just that's not true, the same. Like you almost like we almost like couldn't answer that because like it's just so far removed. It's just I don't know, maybe it in is, like a few and it years. It isn't. Like they try to <laughs> I feel like I'm talking so much trash right now, but, like, I don't mean to. Um, but it's, like, I don't know. Like, I was saying, like, people see art as, like, so pure and innocent or, like, so, like, I guess, like, anarchist or whatever. But it's not. I feel like I feel like going to the museum is very important for any artist, like, whether you are a technical artist, like, or a like us making zines that are like five dollars or whatever i think it's so important to go and see it um yeah i think that there's just there's and it's like the third largest like collection of art Mm -hmm. in the world there which is insane and it's like hard to remember that because of all of the like political money non-profit stuff that surrounds it um but yeah they're not really intertwined right now maybe they will be and then, Justine, I also had a question for you, um, because you're working with the education department in the museum, right? Um, do you guys feel that there's an educational element to zine making or um, an idea of, like, mentorship or just, like, revealing your process to show other people how to make zines? Is there any sort of overlap there? Generally, yes, like, in the zine world. Like, it's very DIY, and there's, like, you could find so many like instructional things like how to make your own zine because like the whole point of zine making is that it's accessible and anyone can do it and you don't have to be an artist and you don't have to have any technical skills Mm -hmm. but personally i that's not my goal thank you maybe i'm selfish but i it's like who am i to educate anyone on anything and to be clear, I did not ask that question to be like, how are you educating not people to be no. making zines? Because but, like, it's a good point because a lot of people, that is their goal. Thank you. Um, yeah, I don't teach, so I don't know. Yeah, I, and I don't teach either at all. In some ways, I 
question like how did I get into the education department like that like I, I suck with children like I don't know how to talk to kids <laughs> I care about educating myself but yeah educating other people isn't my main goal although it is important like art education and like promoting the arts in public schools and stuff like yeah, yeah. hell yeah that's like super important it's just not my wheelhouse yeah <laughs> And then, Paige, before we actually started recording, we were talking about your process in graphic design and, uh, like, printing things out, working on them, again, through, like, by hand, to then put into your zines, and that being one way that the graphic design work can uh, push out into more of an art practice, mm-hmm. um, even though you don't consider yourself an artist. I just Would have a you... hard time calling myself an artist, which I'm working on. Why, why is that? Um, I mean, I guess to just put it simply, I just don't, I don't really like to be put in a box. Like, I don't really like to, I don't, I don't like, yeah, I don't, it's so tight in there. No, (laughs) I just, I just don't, I just don't uh, want to, I don't want to be defined by anything. I just want to be like whatever I am. Um, But maybe that's stupid. I, what I'm doing is art, so I should just roll with it. Um, yeah, like, why wouldn't it be art? Yeah. So, yeah. People I, consider dancing and singing an art. That's true. They <laughs> do. They do. And I, I have no problem calling anyone an artist if I think that they are. So maybe it's just I don't like to talk about myself really in a way that's, like, positive, yeah. which is something to know about me that I should work on. I don't think on. anyone does. We're all very <laughs> modest. Yeah, like, I just, I guess I feel like it's not so humble to be like, I am an artist and this is my process. Like, yeah. I'd just be like, this is what I do. And if you think it's yeah. art, that's sick. I have no problem calling myself an artist for some reason. Maybe it's just because it's so easy for people to understand. It's like, oh, you're an artist. Like, it could mean anything. Like, I could explain it or I couldn't. You could just, like, take what you want from it. Yeah. I feel that. I think maybe I just have, like, such a respect for art. Like, I have such a respect for for art and artists and their process. And it just is the ones that I respect. I just am like, wow, I wish I could do that. Like, like I'm such an amateur. So I feel like to put myself in that realm is just, like, I feel like a poser or something maybe that's my complex yeah yeah no, I mean and I'm the same I mean the exact same way about calling myself a designer yeah and see I think you are one <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> look at that so I think we all need to get over our various <laughs> imposter yeah. syndromes and <laughs> just like, like accept okay. that you guys are both doing really amazing and important work Aww, thank thanks. you Chris likewise yeah. same to you yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, well, cheers to that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm out oh. of drink, oh, no. so I'll right. fist pump. Uh, I'll fist pump the drink. Well, you know, it's coming. It's yeah. on its way. It's on its way. Um, you so asked me something in there, and I don't remember. What we're gonna have to listen to the tapes and go back to it. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> but I'm sure right. we'll come back. Yeah, we'll, we'll circle back around to it. But um, so we're in Philadelphia. You guys have been producing zines for a while now here. Where do you sell your zines at, and where do you, where do you like to go to purchase zines here? My zines are just sitting in my house in a box, getting water damage. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> because my window is broken, and every time it rains, it like rains on my stuff. I need to get better about like finding outlets to sell stuff. But like, yeah. I think my main problem is like what I was talking about earlier, about like. Am I selling these for what I actually feel like they're worth? And it just, like, is paralyzing to me. Like, 
thinking about that because it's kind of depressing. So, <laughs> oh, that sounds so bad. <laughs> but well, there are there's like various like zine fairs that um, have been going on. Like we just did one at this bar that just closed. My favorite bar in Philly. Yes. So sad they didn't get to go. Sarah's place. It's amazing. And that was the one time I got to go there. Yeah, it was such a sick bar. Um, May it rest in peace. But we did, like, a little zine fair there. Um, Little Berlin, um, there's this guy, Brett, who um, does this zine that's really tight. He was actually at the Philadelphia uh, (laughs) zine fair. Um, Yeah, I met them there. Yeah. Talked to them briefly. Um, And he puts on some different zine things as well. Um, So I think Little Berlin does a really good job. Um, There's, like, various record stores like Brewerytown Beats carry some of my zines um Beautiful World has some zines so it's like around it's it's around the city um I don't think we have it's not like really like New York where there you can go into like a bookstore and you know there's like all these Your zines, zines are there. like right next to like like the Charles Art. Burns or whatever. yeah right yeah like it's not like that here yet but I kind of like that yeah I mean the, the zine community here is still developing yeah um Philadelphia is way more low-key than New York. Yeah. Which I don't understand because it's so much easier to make art in Philly than in New York in terms of the economy and, like, price of living. You like studios. I think we're, like, still um, relatively behind, but I like it. I personally like it because I don't feel like it's inaccessible. Yeah, it's um, less competitive too. Right, it's it's a lot more warm. Not that New York isn't warm, but New it York just... is not warm. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we're like we're like hot cold over here. Yeah, um, no, it's cool. I like it. This is Justine, and you're listening to Paper Cuts on Clock Tower Radio. How it mattered then If the breeze leaves with the ones you love You go out and catch them The way our lazy arms stay So, Paige, Justine, you both have a lot of things happening kind of all the time. What are you working on now and what's coming up next? Like, where can our listeners see your work in the next few months? Um, I have too much on my plate right now. Um, (laughs) Me and my friends, I don't know if people listening have heard of Drake Knight, so far (laughs) gone. But my friend Maggie is the DJ of that and one of the creators. Um, And her and my friend Pete and a couple others are starting this warehouse party thing that travels through cities in Philly called Wait What? And there's going to be a zine that accompanies each uh, volume or, I guess, series of the show. So I'm working on that right now and what that will be. Everyone should come out. Hell yeah. It's on August 12th, I think, or 15th. It'll, it's next week, so I got to oh, get that out there. Um, and then I actually, I mentioned uh, Brett, who does gender fail um, zines at Little Berlin. Um, I'm actually having like a solo show there in September. Oh, yeah. September. Um, we have a tentative date, so it's just going to be in September. So I'll let you know. Yeah, yeah. please let me know. I'll definitely let you know. 
um, that. And then um, just my own personal work. I think I'm going to do um, a zine that is a bit more large format and less like, um, I guess there'll be some humor in it, but a little different than what Mustard normally does and maybe more of like a narrative of my time in Philly and like, um, oh, yeah. yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah. I'm like, excited to see. I'm also excited to see <laughs> <laughs> what it will I be. I love hearing like what outsider people yeah. have to say about Philly. Yeah. I well, love I've, it. I've grown so much Especially here. Especially people who like Philly and aren't like, fuck the humidity. I love Philly, but fuck Coast. the humidity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I'm from Atlanta, so like yeah. it doesn't get more that's, humid yeah. than hot Atlanta. <laughs> but yeah. So that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Oh, I will also be making another dick pin. If you go, if you go to uh, mustard with four R's dot big cartel, I sell enamel pins. One of them is a pink dick. I'm wearing one right now. But there will be a black dick that will be coming soon. I was waiting for that. Yeah. So stay tuned, people. It's coming. <laughs> hey, no pun intended. Hey. Oh Justine, sorry. Hey. What are you working on? No. <laughs> um, let's see. So I have a couple things in the works. And if this is going to be aired in a couple months, hopefully like they'll be more developed by then. Um, but obviously, I, I don't know. Did we talk about Basic Edition on record or no this is that was before we started recording. oh okay so my friend michelle is releasing a i guess like quarterly zine called basic edition it's printed on risograph and it is comb bound and it's just um people like different artists in philadelphia mostly our friends so far um it's very beautiful yeah creating yeah. like risograph prints in a zine um people who don't normally work in that format so it's kind of like a variety pack um so that will be coming soon there's a party on august 14th i think it is but that's like next week practically next week's gonna be big for you yeah. guys yeah we i gotta guess so. start yeah well i guess i do <laughs> start yeah, i guess yeah. i gotta start working working um uh, the zine that I didn't tell Paige about, but I want to involve her in, is called Wish, W-H-I-S-H. It's a zine oh, about modern dating. Oh, So right. that'll be fun. Would our, love to contribute. Yeah, me and my friend, <laughs> me and our friend Jose uh, came up with the idea because, like, dating, there's just so much to say about it. It's... I mean, we could talk for another 40 minutes. We could talk minutes. for another 40 hours <laughs> yeah. about dating. So that'll be fun. And then Fruit Delight is um, it's going to be a color zine that me and my friend Michelle are working on about fruit. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's three things. Oh, yeah, and I'm going to be in the studio a lot this summer, just, like, slaving away over a screen. So do you have your own silk screen set up in the studio, or do you print elsewhere? Um, I have a communal workshop called Second State Press. It's used by, like, people all around the city, like, printmakers all around the city. Oh, cool. Um, I volunteered there for a while. So you basically just buy hours, and then you could, like, use the equipment. So Excellent. it's a good setup. Yeah. Oh, Paige, Justine, thank you so much for coming out and hanging out with me of course. and Thank drinking you, some beers and Bloody Marys and talking oh, about yeah. your work. Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah, this has been really fun. Thanks for the beers. No yeah. Anytime. 
wish it was a Coors Light. But (laughs) just kidding. Next round. (laughs) Thank you for the sweet nectar. Yes. (laughs) And we'll be talking to you both again soon, I'm sure. Very cool. Hell yeah. Thank you. Cheers. 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 (laughs) Cheers.